This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, goal! Go Hayes! It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty, we're for up for round two, day two of the winter meetings back from lunch. And look who we have here. A man that it looks like you've got a title change. <laughs> You're now senior director, on-field operations for Major League Baseball, former A, Rose Davis joins us here. How are you? I am well. Thanks, thanks for having me. Well, last time we uh, had you on the program was winter meetings down in San Diego. How has the last year been for you? It's, it's been good. I think um, we, 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 were, we were able with Major League Baseball to accomplish a lot of things on the field, um, especially with the experimental rules, um, seeming like um, that's working and, and, and seeming like a lot of happy faces and uh, a lot of people going home a little earlier. Well, I'll tell you what, that was something we talked to you because remember the rules were going to change. We didn't know how's everybody going to do with the pitch clock. How's every? We're asking you how many bases would you steal <laughs> with these new rules? And it looked like it all worked out. Yes, yeah, yes, it certainly definitely worked worked out. And um, there was an increase in stolen bases. There was, I mean, it was the most um, successful. Um, in years, uh, I think it was at like 81 or 82 percent um, success rate of stealing bases. So that was which the is highest, huge. Yeah, that was the highest in the history of of baseball. So Did you want to get your cleats back on when you saw those numbers? Well, when I seen those numbers and knowing that my percentage was like 79, I was like, Whoa. I only <laughs> can imagine what I can do with <laughs> with these advantages. <laughs> like, what? Did, like, did you ever really like, man? I could have. Yeah. Over a hundo? Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's a challenge um, because you have to have a, a couple couple things working for you. First off, you have to play every day. Then you have to get on base a lot because they're not giving that away free. And and then you have to have a team that's willing to allow you to run as well. Yeah. <laughs> but it was – I mean, they were running at a historic clip, and yeah. uh, it was a lot of fun to see, no question, the game. And obviously – 
the time of game coming down was the big one. We saw it not only during the regular season, we saw it in the postseason. But the key thing is, is you know, we had Dan Otero on, obviously former A, and working in the same office as you, is where you guys are the middleman between baseball and the players. You know, once the rules started being implemented, just what was the reaction like? Because the players are going to talk to you. How were they feeling about it? From the outside looking in, it looked like pretty quick they accepted it, figured it out, and let's go. Yeah, so for the most part, we had a lot of positive feedback from the players as in regards to the pitch timer. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we got some, you know, kickback on some of the, um, the, the pitchers step offs and the, 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 the limited step offs. Obviously that helps the, 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 the runners, right? So, um, you know, from our perspective, from major league's perspective, you know, you, you, when, when we did the, the polls of, you know, what is the most, you know, exciting play in baseball with the fans, the number one is, you know, stolen bases attempts. So, you know, we're, we're, we're helping to um, kind of uh, feed that um, with our fans and, and, and hopefully, um, you know, that, that kind of, that the players will understand that and um, we can continue to move forward. Now that you've implemented rules that have worked, what are we talking? Are there new things that we're talking about? We're looking at, and and obviously you don't want to throw too much too early, but there was great success. So, what would you like to see if someone, you know, if the commish or somebody around him said, "All right, Rajay, what would you like to see?" You know, I think as a player, and I get this from a lot of players, is you know, is a lot of things moving, a lot of moving parts, and sometimes it takes some times to adjust. So. Being able to get something that's, you know, kind of going to stay for a while, that, that kind of works um, for, for players. And um, when, when, when you do too much change and, and there's so much things just uh, changing, that, that, that kind of hurts, that kind of helps, um, or, or, or players don't really like that. Um, so um, not trying to change too much too, too in, in, in a short period of time. I think uh, maybe it, it might be a little tweak here and there, um, you know, um, with with the base path. But, you know, uh, just trying to see what's happening in the game, watching the game and seeing, you know, how teams are, are, are acting, how uh, players are being taught and watching the game. You know, some sometimes you, you see the, the blocking of the bases uh, along the bases. You know, sometimes you see that and that's a potential um you know, area where guys could get hurt, right? Because you yeah. see a lot more guys diving in hands head first, right? And if, if guys are putting their, their knees down, that could be potentially uh, harmful for our, for our players. The importance of your relationship with the players and the trust. Talk about that. Yes, and, and, and that, that comes with uh, over time because <laughs> obviously that was not the case when, when I started. Um, but I think, you know, just the more times that we're able to have some face time to be able to talk, obviously we have the credibility with the players having played and, 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 and seeing our heart. Because our heart, you know, is to make this game better, help help everyone and help the, um, the industry, you know, grow. And, you know, and, and, and being able to share that message with the players on a day-to-day -day basis, especially during the season, is, is vital. Yeah, I think that's, you know, 
there needed to be something like that. There was just too much animosity between the players and Major League Baseball. An in-between person, especially guys who played the game, to me seemed like such the right move and the right call. Yo, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, we're, we're only hoping to, to grow that and, and to continue to build our relationships and continue to strengthen the, the ones that we have built and, and continue to be a bridge for, you know, the, the players and the teams with the commissioner's office. You know, when you think about your post-career and what you've been doing, and obviously it's been fantastic, you know, to watch you grow. I mean, you even got a, you're now senior director. When, <laughs> when does senior director come on? You know, I, 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 don't, I don't have anything to do with the titles. You know, I, I think they're very creative and, yeah. and, and created the titles. I just uh, think of myself as helping to help this game move along and grow the game um, by us all working together. If we're all in unity, we can all move um, uh, to further along in, in this game. And I think everyone wants to grow. Everyone, every team wants to grow, and the industry wants to grow. So, you know, with, with unity, we can do that. Well, you know, speaking with Dan Otero, he, he talked about the thing that he's learned so much is just how big baseball is and how many different things are on baseball because, you know, you just think, like, players, managers, front office, and that's, you know, baseball. And then all of a sudden you start working for the league and you just, wow, I can't believe actually how big the league is. So just like when you start to think about your growth and where, what do you think about when you start progressing throughout Major League Baseball, what have you thought about your future? So, so I used to, I, I I started actually thinking about like where 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 are the the, the issues? Where are the problems we having? Um, and 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 you know I, I I can look out and see okay well maybe maybe our players need you know some more accountability right? If if they have um, someone who could you know help with that you know or or someone that could help you know players when they have a bad year. Right. And how 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 are you going to help him get on back on track? Right. Because we want our best players playing really good. And that's good for the game is good for the fans, our, our, our best players being on the field. And, and, and you know, obviously injuries is, is an is an issue sometimes with some clubs, with some players. And being able to keep our players healthy is 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 huge. You know, so, you know, when I think of that, I think of, you know, how how can we you know help our players stay on the field? stay healthy, and, and really um, take care of those off-the-field issues because I believe that those off-the-field issues directly affect those on-field play. No doubt. And I think mental health is really, for the first time, truly being addressed. We're understanding it. Teams are understanding that players can need help. We, we had our situation this year with Trevor May. How much have you delved into that and in helping teams and helping, ba- helping baseball realize mental health is an issue anxiety depression these types of things are going on with our players to where years ago was suck it up or we'll send you to the minor leagues and uh that's not the smartest way to deal with it well exactly that's why i started a program to help um an accountability program to help the players to help them with their brand to help them with their their um their stock and and to do it through mechanics right their mechanics on and off the field for some guys is this mechanics in their head Right. And so if we can deal with those issues and, and, and deal with them, the mental uh, maybe it's a relationship that they're having, you know, in, in, in the offseason that or it's, it's, it's something else. Maybe it's uh, 
um, the alcohol abuse. Maybe it's, it's drugs. Maybe it's, it, it's, it's issues that are going on that if they don't talk to someone, um, these issues could get and become problematic. And now you're affecting the team, you're affecting the league, you're affecting the fans, you're affecting what they expect out of that player. These meetings, you know, we talk so much uh, about our role and what we're doing and looking at the meetings, but just talk about for you on a regular basis when you come to this, it's the industry meeting. Mm -hmm. It's where the industry one time a year comes together. Talk about what your day is like and everything because you're someone that's dealing with baseball, you're dealing with the players. Tell us what a day is like for you. So, um, like, well, for instance, today we had um, – we have – you know, uh, umpire meeting, we have replay meetings, we're, we're talking with the clubhouse managers. So everything that's connected with on-field, we're, we're, we're dealing with those and we're talking with those and we're relaying messages and we, we, we let them know that we were listening to you last year, right? We're listening to all the, that's why I go to the field, that's why Dan goes to the field, that's why Gregor goes to the field, to get, gain all this feedback from the field and, and then we can implement um, issues that's going to help the game progress. Replay. How happy is it are people with replay? <laughs> yes. Take I, us around <laughs> how people really feel. Do they love it? Not love it? Like, how do they feel about replay? I think overall, it, it's 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 a it's a positive uh, feedback on on replay. Obviously, not everything can be replayable because then we get back to the same place where we were, where the games could last longer than we yeah. we want, right? And so, you know, that, that has been a plus and a positive, um, you know, with, with, with having the replay. Are we ever going to satisfy everybody with exactly. how we do replay? <laughs> exactly. That's probably the best question. <laughs> right. Are we going to satisfy? Is there, a way, is there a way we can satisfy yeah. everybody? That, that, that's not possible. Um, but, you know, we, we can, we can uh, sh surely I think we can get the majority. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Uh, when, when you start thinking about, so many international players. When you talk about the role of helping, especially young players, you know, we see the Japanese players, they're going to get interpreters. They're gonna, we don't see that with, with the Hispanic-speaking players as much. I, I mean, when you talk about, you know, helping international players, how much are you involved in that? Well, I, I think um, that would be more Gregor. Gregor Blanco, he speaks two languages, and he's, he's on our um, on-field operations team and, and department so he kind of helps with that area and he goes uh, uh, to these you know Latin American countries um, I, I could possibly you know take a trip with him um, this coming up year um, and, and and perhaps we can we could start something you know that's those those are issues that um, I think we need to dive more into and, and, and see where where we can go and, and and help out are you able to travel that much well, yes and no. I, I, I haven't really officially talked with, you know, our, our managers on this, but I know Gregor does go internationally, and he has gone internationally this past season to deal with. And I was just talking to some of our uh, MLB guys who are in the DR and are in Venezuela and in these places, and, and there there is a need for that. For They're asking me to come out there and, you know, help there with their academies, help see their kids it would be good for them and you know just just having those conversations more often and and seeing how we can make a a, a solution or bring a solution let's end on this when we start thinking about this upcoming season what are some changes we could be looking at 
for this upcoming season, it we could. I mean, we 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 don't know um, for sure, but we we could see a, a potential. Um, you know, the 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 baseline. We 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 could see that. Um, the you know we could see a change there um, with uh, the 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 runners, the first base runners lane. And always controversial, <laughs> always comes up during the year. Yes, right. And, and that has been like a, a, a big thing. So we could see a change there. We could not. Um, you know, it's 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 you know, it's 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 not official. Right. So um, that's that's one thing. And, you know, hopefully that we we will have um, the, the fans come out like they did last year and, and continue to come out and and continue to love this game that that I love so much and, and continue to you know, uh, just support support baseball. One thing we do know, baseball's slow to change, <laughs> right? <laughs> baseball is slow to change. It's not easy to change things in this game. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> You've been at all those meetings. <laughs> hey, it's great catching up with you. Let's not do this just once every year. Let's right. check up during the season. Uh, A's fans would love to hear from you, but I, I'm so happy for you and Dan and these new careers and what your guys are doing. You know, you're not having to travel too much. You don't have to be in uniform. You're staying in the game. You're help changing the game. You're making the game better for players. It's kind of it's kind of like you found your right spot here yes. in your post-playing career. Yeah. It's, it's been fun, and I, I thank you. I appreciate you for having me on the show and be able to enlighten and just kind of give an update on what, what where, where I see the game and where I, I think uh, the industry is going. Awesome. Coming up next, Dan O'Dowd from the MLB Network right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, you hear him on Sirius XM, Power Alley in the morning. Starts at, was it, 7 a.m. Pacific? Yeah. For us, out west, yes. That's right. And, of course, doing uh, TV pre for the New York Mets, former general manager. Jim Duquette joins us here on A's Cast Live. Duke, it's always great to have you on. How are you? Always nice to see you. Yeah, good to see good. you. Was, despite the fact we haven't done anything well, as an we, industry. We came to Nashville. We got to go to the Titans game. We did Broadway Street. We've done a bunch of barbecue. I mean. Um, wow. That's, a, that's amazing. Is, is this what we came for? I hope not. But <laughs> that's what it's looking like right now. Yeah, this is. This is. Uh, yeah, you know, I was a little concerned when we got here. Got here Saturday because uh, our show on Sunday, our front office show, uh, we had. Um, and let me throw out there: this, if you're a, if you love the game of baseball from a, from a general manager's perspective, I always listen to it on the way up to the games in Oakland. Jim Squared, as our own Dallas Braden yeah. called it, right. uh, your guys' front office show. I'm sorry I didn't bring that one up on Sunday morning. No. It might be the best show. Whether we're talking terrestrial radio, streaming, satellite, that show is phenomenal. And you get the all your buddies, all the front office guys, it's amazing. We, well, we have Bowden guilting them into coming onto our show. <laughs> That's you know, it, Like, if you don't come on, you, I'm going to rip you in the athletic. Like, he like threatens them with, with that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, we get all the guests on our show, which is, which is fun. And uh, so we had our show on Sunday night, but prior to that, Nightingale has to go ruin the atmosphere here at the uh, Nashville by saying he doesn't think Otani's going to sign until next week. Well, every person that I've talked to, GM, agent, they're all like, well, the whole market is tied to once Otani signs, 
then then it'll break the dam and everyone else will sign after that or you'll start to see you know uh, interest pick up in other spots so if you take you know and right now it kind of looks like otani went reports are pretty accurate that they were in Dunedin, florida why why Dunedin, florida listen there are better spring training sites than Dunedin, florida but they the 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 Blue Jays have a terrific spring training site there, so they went to visit there. It's right in the middle of, of our winter meetings. Yeah. Like, why are we – but the agent, he couldn't f find a better time to go to Florida than right in the middle of our winter meetings. Like, the, 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 unfortunately, the agent is holding the industry hostage here. And maybe that's how he wanted it, but there's a lot of uh, – of animosity it's been directed towards the agent currently because of the way this has been handled so far. And my other theory to this is we got a cable problem. We got an RSN problem. Yes, we do. And there are teams who still don't even know. There's teams who they've lost their cable money. We got teams who don't know yet whether they're going to lose their right. cable money. And I think that could also be playing it. And you know as a GM, right, if you don't know if you're going to have the cable money or not, it's going to be tough for you to be out here you could be in Nashville throwing money yeah. out in guaranteed years if you don't know what your cable is going to look well, like. Well, we have at least three teams, Minnesota, Cleveland, San Diego off the top of my head, that already know that it's going to be a little bit of a reduced pie of the regional uh, money, the, the the local TV money. It's affecting their, their overall Major League payroll. So they're reducing payroll. They're jettisoning players that um, ordinarily you'd say like – uh, Cal Quantrill, why why was he put on waivers and claimed you know the deal was done with Colorado Rockies, but he he was a good pitcher for the Guardians two years ago, because they're reducing their payroll because of their TV deal. Why is Sonny Gray, you know, not back as a Minnesota Twin because he wanted to be there? Or Kenta Maeda, partly because the market went up, but partly because they have to reduce their payroll because of the the TV stuff that's going on. So it does that part of it is impacting the industry as well. So as a as someone who's been around this. And if you think about Shohei Otani, it's more than just a player. It's because what he is going to make you domestically, what he's going to make you internationally, right, we've right. learned a lot about that. I've done the comparison. It's like, you know, you want to make a lot of money, make a film, you get Tom Cruise in it. Put Tom Cruise in the movie, you make a lot. Mm -hmm. You want to make another Mission Impossible? Well, if you got Tom Cruise, you're going to make money. Yeah. Overseas, you're going to make money here. Top Gun to it. To me, that's like what Otani is the star. Right. You get him you're going to make a lot of money. There's no Agreed. question about it. But going in that, I mean, when you talk about the owner, how many people in the your sales, everybody that's going to really have to be involved to say, what is the value? What are we willing to offer? This is so different than probably any other free agent we've ever seen. He he is because, you know, you the international uh, part of this and the subscribers, when you have the streaming option and when you have the different business that, you know, that like if you watched an angels game, which you, you saw a lot of, mm -hmm. right. Any type of shot of home uh, behind home plate, especially when Otani was up was a lot of Japanese companies that were paying millions of dollars for that access and for that exposure. Right. And so, you know, if you're in a, a market that's in on Otani and it's mostly the larger market ones, you're, you're trying to put, figure out what is the value, you know, either now or five years from now, what kind of revenue can you bring in? It's going to be an offset of what you're going to have to pay this guy long term. And how can you maximize, you know, the, the dollars in what are the different areas, you know, the different little uh, 
uh, business aspects of it that you're going to, you know, is it going to be just advertising in the stadium? No, of course not, right? It's going to be the TV ads, all everything that's related to it, the merchandising. So th- these are huge, huge deals that you have to get multiple people in the business department on board with it and crunching numbers and figuring out what is the overall impact going to be on your team. And so, yeah, I think that that's why you see some of these teams that are in it that you're going is Toronto really in it? Yeah, I mean, the re- <laughs> but what he, you know, bringing him there to the country, to not just Toronto, but to the country of Canada, would be huge, a huge financial game for, you know, Rogers, uh, you know, communication who owns the Blue Jays. So, that's the, they're not. It's it's a complicated deal, and financially, and that's why I think another reason why you're seeing the price tags and the numbers that you're seeing with Otani go over five hundred million. Now, when you sign a long-term deal, it, it's it's like get married. It's like when I told my wife I want to be with you forever, I wasn't allowed to say, but in two years I want to check back and I might want to opt out. And then yeah. I might want to opt out again in four years. I, I wasn't able to put any opt-out clauses in my marriage. Right. Uh, how do you feel as an executive? You want to sign a long-term deal, but yet someone wants a t- – what we're hearing is a lot of different opt-outs. So right. I want to offer everything. I want to love you forever, and right. you want to every couple of years be able to say you're out of here. Yeah, I, I am not a big fan of the opt-out, although I have grown to uh, understand, you know, it's a, it's a necessary evil. The, it, we're not like it's it's like the 98 mile an hour fastball. We can't tell pitchers to stop throwing that hard, even though it's a risk of injury. Correct. Uh, we created this monster called the opt out, and you can't put it back into the bottle. It's not you know the <laughs> toothpaste is out of the tube. It's done. It's done. It's over. <laughs> you got to make the adjustment. You got to stop kicking. You know, just, <laughs> you, you can say kick sand to the agent all you want. But in the end, someone else is going to give it to him. So for for you to compete with the guy, you got to give him the opt out. So now, you know, in the end, I would say this: if he were to opt out after five years, so you got five good years, and he said, "Yeah, I'm going to opt out for the final five and re- go out and renegotiate a new deal." I've come to reconsider this a little bit and say, you know what? We had him for five really good years. Maybe the back end of the five, which I was concerned about at the yeah. very beginning, maybe I'm I'm okay with him going out there. Maybe I don't need to take that. So the risk divorce anymore. is okay. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe yeah. in the end, you know, okay, that's part ways. That's part. That, can we stay friends? But you went to somewhere else. I don't know. That's 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 to me. I'm starting to get a little more comfortable with that idea. I like it too, because we know we don't get better as we get older. Hardly ever. I mean, wine. What else? What else ages well? Some cheese. Cheese, but it has to be certain cheese. Certain meats. You can dry age some meats. Not long, but you can dry age some meat. Farron says the worst part of of, uh, the meat, right? Um, What's the the meat that he – I mean, he loves to just cook it and just let it sit for for days – Right and and whatever whatever, um, the the meat cut that he that he no one else really likes it but he's like I like it because you can let it sit for sit five or six days and then it's it's really really tender. Like, Your partner's got why issues. Do we can we just submit wait that that long to have a meal? I I want I want dinner tonight. Uh, you know I, I I I if I was the boss yeah at SiriusXM 
I would say if if you work as hard as you did at the bar working people at night, if you worked on your show during the day as as hard as you worked at, you know how good your show would be? No one's working that bar harder than that guy at night. We try to keep the bar low. We we don't need we don't need to be raising the bar anymore. Don't be you know I mean let Farron do his thing. He's gonna sweat all over you. We know that he's gonna be pouring sweat everywhere. That's just part of the deal. Yeah, I mean he's gonna hang out with who he hangs out with, and most of them don't come on our show. Yeah, you know they're just like friends. It's like friends of Mike. Okay, you're over there. We'll talk to you later, but you're not coming on the show. Like no one wants to listen to you. Like that's that's this just part they, of it. Just because you bought him drinks last <laughs> yeah, night yeah. doesn't mean you're gonna be a no, guest on the no, show. No, no, no. You're not coming on. We're not. We're not letting you on. Yeah. All right, but before we let you go, Juan Soto, we're waiting around. This is he's yeah. 24 years old. Mm. This guy's got this incredible career in front of him. He's got one year left, or what, about 33, $33 million will be about arbitration. Yep. You know, it's like we're not even talking about him. We should. I mean, yep. people should be fighting over him. Yep. It's not happening. They will fight over him once Otani goes because the teams who don't get Otani will, will be in on um, – not all of them, but some of them will be in on, on Soto. You know, like, like Toronto for sure. Uh, you know, the Yankees are in. They can say they're out, but they're in, um, and they think they're the only game in town. Toronto's in. There'll be another team, maybe Chicago, if they don't get Otani. But um, they can compete with the package that the Yankees have put together for Soto. So I, I think that in the end, um, he's going to be traded. They're basically showing all their cards out there, you know. I think, but they got to wait. It kinda, like the rest of the industry, you know, Bellinger's got to wait uh, after Yamamoto. The you know Jordan Montgomery will go and Blake Snell and Eduardo Rodriguez may go, but he you know he's here kind of shopping and going into every suite and there's teams that are interested in him, but there's a pecking order and it's got to be Otani first and then Yamamoto next and that that looks like it's going to go into next week. And is that I, where the Mets? Of course, you cover the Mets. Is yeah. Yamamoto? Is that where they so come in, in with the Mets? Yeah. yeah. Well, but it's also the Yankees, the Dodgers, Giants. Because if the Giants don't get Otani, who's their star player that they got to get? Well, maybe it's Bellinger, but it's likely Yamamoto. Maybe it's both. But they, they, you know, there's a lot of pressure on on Farhan Zaidi right yes. now. You know, and that factors into some of these some of these numbers that you're seeing. Like, who knows with Yamamoto where that number's going? And I keep hearing it's, you know, it might be close to 250 or more because there are teams out there like like the Giants that if they don't get Otani, which is hard to predict that they're gonna. Their their fallback is Yamamoto, you know. So it's going to be fascinating once Otani goes, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen by tomorrow when we're all heading out of here. On my way to the golf course, this is the guy I listen to. I hope you're hitting them straight. The game is actually in the off season about this time. It's, it's game good, right? game is strong. It's better. Yeah. Uh, when does it start to go downhill? February. But, that's the kind of well when you well hit the I'm strong training. into February and then once we start we go down to Arizona because you think you go to spring to well we work all day so I don't get yeah. to play yep. and then once we start games we come on before and the games it. and yeah. it's done yeah it's over so I enjoy this time this is my time of year yeah well all right I'm feeling it I'm glad what 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 is it at right now four is that the best it's been? what's the best it's been the handicap three point eight okay that's significant. Yeah. Yeah. Three eight. Can you get better than that, do you think? Ever? I gotta stop working. That's my problem. You gotta win the I gotta sit here and talk win, about Otani not signing. Gotta win the lottery. Yeah, I'm sitting here talking about talking about a bunch of people that don't affect me. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, it is the problem. If you can figure out how I can get hmm. I'll give that some thought. 
how can I get you more golf time? Yeah. Okay. Oh, man, that's what smart people do. Let me figure that out. <laughs> you know I love the All show. Right, buddy, good to They're see you, best. as always. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, good luck with the sweater. Oh, man, the sweater. And uh, did you notice today we had uh, – who was it that we had on? It was Mike Hazen, general manager of the Diamondbacks. Farron was the radio guy there. Farron walks around now. He's got, the, he's got two buttons on his uh, shirt unbutton right the third one only gabe kapler go unbuttons the third okay but farron should button it all the way to the top because he's got all this chest hair that comes popping out like a gift it's this not is, good it's a terrible look it is a terrible look oh good lord and we had to look at it all of our guests had to look at it the whole show it was terrible you know what i'm talking about too you, you i saw he's it. here you saw it i saw imagine it. The sweaty chest hair <laughs> popping out like it's not good. Sometimes it's better uh, just to be on the phone when you're a guest on Power Alley. <laughs> phone only. The, phone only. The best thing is MLB oh. Network BK has a shredder. You have the sweater. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We, we do. Oh, my God. I'm never going to look at the shredder again uh, Dif any, differently. I can't. Uh, oh, Lord. All right. You be all well. Right, Happy right. holidays. Good to see you guys. Next day we'll see you spring training. All right. Look forward to it. More coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All right, we still have a second show today here, day two of the winter meetings. We still have Dan O'Dowd from MLB Network is going to join us. Alden Gonzalez from ESPN at 315. And Mark Kotze, the manager at 345, what time is the uh, draft lottery? 4.30 Central, 2.30. I'm out. You're, you're not keeping me till 4.30. Yeah, no, I'm out too. And then tomorrow we are on from what time? Uh, local time, 9 to noon. So that's no 7. No one cares about local. 7 to 10 Pacific. 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific. And then we got to get out of here? Yeah, then we're going home. Well, we don't leave till like 6 our time here. Yeah. Nothing's going on. Do we really need to do six hours of coverage tomorrow when the only thing that happens? I need to be covering the Kirk, Rule Kirk. 5 draft. I need to cover Kirby Yates as a new Texas Ranger. What? Kirby Yates? It's a, big, it's a big deal that just happened about 25 minutes ago. Rosenthal reported it. Kirby Yates, one-year deal with the Rangers. Hot stove's heating up. Wow. Kirby Yates, huh? That's what we got today? Oh, uh, Here it is. Uh, confirmed by Evan Grant. Um, deal worth about $4.5 Oh, whoa. I hope passing with something. Right-handed reliever. 
And the Tampa Bay Rays, Chris Davinsky, former Astro. Chris, Chris Davinsky, which w- was a major weapon for the Lastros yeah. back in the day. Uh, one-year contract with the club <clears throat> option, sources tell ESPN. Wow, that's all these relievers. It's, who? It's heating up. With who? The Rays. Apparently they're they're looking to shop. Remember, glass he was now. an ace reliever at one point. Yeah, he was good for the Astros. They're, the rumors are earlier that uh, the Cubs are one of the teams looking at Glass now. Okay, I I, I have no idea why Shohei Otani would keep you from getting Glass now. <laughs> that has that makes no sense. We we've said it how many times that Glass that now, it makes no sense. Glass now said his career high in innings and wins last year it was like 120 win innings and and 10 wins. No matter what happens with Otani, it should not affect what, what what's happening with with Glass now. Apparently, it's ridiculous. I guess during his. Uh, I guess during his media session, um, Dave Roberts mentioned that they met with Shohei Otani a few days ago at Dodger Stadium. So that started setting people a buzz. And it's like, well, Ross Atkins had the Santa Claus tracker on him this morning because apparently he was in Dunedin last night. Yes, I mean, but the fact that you can't do anything else is is literally ridiculous. <laughs> what does Glass now have to do with Otani? Nothing, and he doesn't make anywhere near as much money. So, I mean, are, are, you, are you basically saying that you, you can't you can't do anything? And I mean, that, that that's what I don't. Oh, there he is, Dan O'Dowd. There he is. There he is. My man, Dan O'Dowd, former general manager, and by by the way, phenomenal on television. I got one former guy that likes me <laughs> right here. Yeah, I'm your guy. <laughs> I'm your guy. I you are my guy. guy. You're the only guy that likes me. So I, I love coming on your show. I feel my ego feels better when I leave your show. Well, I got to tell you this. Recently, watching you standing up for st- starting pitching, it has gotten ridiculous. The people who are, it's like watching our games, watching no one give you innings. It, it's. I'm glad lately you've been standing up for it because it's. It's. We're getting so ridiculous with bullpens. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but it's—I mean—it's not a fix. That's just at the big league level. It's—you uh, got to start at the foundational part of our game. The whole incentive system in our game changed. Believe it or not, I'm going to go back so far. It started with the advent of the radar gun. So that's how far it went back. Because I believe scouts, you know, and colleges and evaluators throughout our game, you know, just took guys that threw hard. And so yeah. now it's just matriculated to the point because technology's gotten better, where we can measure so much in our game. But what we value doesn't have any sustainability within our game. So a kid gets a college scholarship anymore based upon arm strength, not based upon feel, not based upon athleticism, not based upon his ability to manipulate the baseball, command and control, low walks, you know, marginal strikeouts, pitching to contact. He does, those kind of kids don't get recruited by Power 5 conferences. The only kids that get recruited to Power 5 conferences are guys that have velocity, arm strength. And so fundamentally, that's what comes into the entry part of our game, even at the youth level, if you go to travel ball organizations and youth level. So the whole paradigm needs to change, but it needs to start at the major league level where we begin to value guys that have a field to pitch, have a really good delivery, they're really good athletes, they pitch to contact, they work quick. The art of pitching that existed in our game not too many years ago, we've got to get that back. Because I can tell you, it's the only thing that's going to have sustained health. The amount of money we spent on the DL or the IL this past two years has just been astronomical. Let's it's go. not sustainable. I'm ready to go old school with you because I used to work for the Raiders. It reminds me of Al Davis. Al Davis cared about your 40 time. He cared about speed. 
It wasn't, can he play? I mean, Jim Plunkett, I've had dinners with him where he talked about you guys. We'd have guys come in. They were track stars. They didn't know how to run routes. They couldn't catch balls. Al didn't care. He wanted speed. It's the same. It's like it's find me, find me the velocity or find me the speed, and I'll teach it. And the reality is harder to do than you think. Well, it is. And like the Guardians have done a great job taking guys that in college in particular that didn't have a plus fastball that now do. But but because they had a feel, like a the Biebers of the world, they yeah. had a feel with the added velocity. They become elite. So they've done a – they kind of unlock that a little bit, and a lot of, but not many teams has followed suit like that because velocity does win. I, I'm telling you, I get it. It's just that it's not it's not a good product to watch for the most part, and health wise, it's just not sustainable. You cannot be a max effort pitcher in our game and have any sustainable health. And we need to start thinking about our players' health too in the big picture. All right, I'm really gonna butter you up now. All right, you ready? Uh, I didn't trust anybody because right now we have to kind of – we have a lot of stuff going on with the A's. And with everything going on with Vegas and the move to Vegas and our fan base is really unhappy, I haven't asked anybody this question because I, I don't trust a lot of people. I trust you with it because I think you understand it. You understand what it's like to deal with dysfunction. You understand what it's like when a new ballpark is on the horizon, yeah. how to start building – I, I want you to get into David Four shoes. And, and, and from your perspective as someone who did this at such a high level for so long, how are you feeling for David and what do you think he's going through right now as he's sitting here trying to make moves or at least set up something, pave the way to make moves later on? Yeah, I think you and I talked about this during the season last year. And, I mean, I've gone through some major rebuilding jobs. But there was always light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, the thing that always blew me away by the job that Billy and David had done for so many years is knowing that the stadium issue had this dark cloud hanging over their head. And, they, you know, there's so many ups and downs emotionally attached to that. Like in Cleveland, to give you an example, when we went through that massive rebuild in the 90s, we knew that Jacobs Field was coming in 1994. So the pain of all of those losses in 89, 90, 91, 92, 93 – but we saw light at the end of the tunnel, and we could see the talent we were collecting. I can't imagine what it would be like showing up every single day with that pressure on you but no light at the end of the tunnel. That would have been emotionally really hard because, I mean, all the people that do these jobs, they're competitive people. And even if you're realistic about your opportunities to win, it doesn't make the losses any less painful. And the disappointments of – you know, a deal that doesn't work out or a player you draft that doesn't get over the hump at the big league level. It just takes an emotional toll on you over a period of time, and it's it's really hard to, to maintain any kind of optimism about the future. This is, these are really, really hard jobs. And I so I, I really feel for what David's trying to do. I think David's personality um, has a better chance to handling it than maybe mine's did or even Billy's did because I think we are wired a little bit tighter. I think David's got a way of putting things in perspective exceptionally well, and I think that behooves him to be able to survive this period of time and start to see all the good things that are happening in the AIDS organization, because I think there are. It's just you don't necessarily see it just yet at the big league level. Yeah, and when you preach patience, it's one thing patience for a year, two years. 2028 is a long way away. It is, and, um, and it's hard because you have, like I call them, waves of opportunities to win. And so you go through a rebuild and then a wave comes of players and you want it to time it to where it hits, to where the pitching and the hitting somewhat, you never match it up perfectly, but it creates this opportunity for winning. And yet 
like where are they going to be at? What is their payroll that they can be supported with the club? If they're good young players, can they sign them long-term to have some kind of sustainability? Or do you have to turn it again and again? I can tell you the hardest job for a general manager in a game is not the first rebuild. It's the second rebuild. You use so much of your your institutional energy and your passion for the game going into a rebuild. Man, it's to do it a second time, I think it's almost impossible. I think you need to move on at that point in time because you just, you know, you're worn out from doing it the first time. You give everything you got. Everything you got. And you're, and you're like, I, I can't do this. And again. then you get it, and you, you really start to see all the fruits of your labor and then look at it and go, oh, my God, you know, I've got to do this all over again. I told um, Dayton Moore after Kansas City won, and they were about to go through a, a rebuild. Um, I said, because we had to do this in Colorado. So when we got to the World Series in 07, we still had a pretty good run. We didn't play well in 08. We were really good in 09. We just ran into an incredible Phillies team in the playoffs. But I knew, like, uh-oh. And so in my mind, I should have left the Rockies in 10. Like, that should have been my parachute year. But Kelly McGregor passed away. There were a lot of factors that I ended up staying there. But I wasn't the same. I was a little smarter and as it relates to what I focused on, and I saw things that I didn't see when I was younger. But I wasn't – I didn't have that same – it factor I did through the first rebuild because it's just hard, man. It's just really, really, really hard. So I sympathize with what David's trying to go through now. And I can tell you, as good a team as he has around him, when you're the top guy, it's the loneliest place in the world. <laughs> I mean, you're the one that at the end of the day has to you know, answer to everybody. And a lot of times people want you to provide answers and you don't even know yourself. Yeah. Like he doesn't know truly what's happening with the ballpark situation. He probably doesn't even know his own personal situation as it relates to, you know, the whole move and everything else. And it's just, it takes a really strong individual mentally and somebody with tremendous character and integrity to show up every day and grind it out and do the very best he can do under those conditions. Yeah, I think we're really lucky to have David. I think you do. You really are. You know, and and it was, it's kind of like what we saw earlier today with Aaron Boone, where Aaron Boone does a press conference and there's, it's the biggest crowd, right? Yep, of all right over, the, right over here. Right yep. over here, right? And then he gets done, and then they mob him again. So he's got to do a post-post press conference. And our buddy Johnny Gomes, long time yep. A. So Johnny and I are sitting here, and I'm like, Johnny, that job would suck. Because here's a guy that just did, answered all the questions. Has to answer him again. And now he's Because everybody go wants their own personal question. And, and I'm like, and, and I think about if, whether it's a job like that or like what David's doing. I mean, not everybody's cut out to do those jobs. It takes, it yeah, takes it really does. special I people to do the I think people don't realize that uh, it's just you never have a day off mentally. One, from Booney's case, I mean, when you're a leader, you're a leader every single day. You just, you don't lead. When you want to lead, you have to lead all the time. So you always have to be on. In David's case, every day that he wakes up, he's dealing with another set of problems that he's got to solve. And he's got to solve it in a way that moves the organization even incrementally forward just a little bit. You know, I, I think about these meetings. And right now, everybody's bummed out because it's slow. I think of last year when the shortstop, shortstops went quick. Yeah. And they're all waiting for Judge. But the one thing from a front office standpoint, especially I think from like a marketing standpoint, you do love if you're one of the teams that come to buy. You do love to have something because of what we saw, especially with the Giants last year when they thought they bought Correa, built a whole package around 
Christmas tickets and we got our guy and it didn't end up happening. But you see what happens with that. When you get your guy and you buy him, it's like the organization celebrates through the new year. It's yeah, tickets, it's short-term celebration. spring training. Like, like, I it creates momentum. I don't think everybody understands that why teams want to do business here is because of how it sets you up. Yeah, I mean, the Giants are a great example of a club that comes to these meetings with, I felt like coming into these meetings, you know, I thought Farhan, who I really respect, might have more pressure on him than any um, baseball executive in the game in this offseason. A.J. Preller may feel that a little bit too, and Brian Cashman certainly be in that category. But, you know, it's like um, the Giants have a really good team without any aircraft carriers. And so how do they? How does that model take them to the next level? It, probably in his mind he's come to the conclusion that it doesn't. But then, you know, then there are only a few aircraft carriers out there, and you've got to present a case where your place is the place to go to, and if not, what's your plan P and what's your plan C? Because fans are tired of hearing, well, you know, we lost Yamamoto to whoever or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The danger of the position he's in, you end up overpaying for a guy that's truly not an aircraft carrier. And that's the, that's the really difficult box he's in because at the end of the day, the greatest time, the greatest day you sign a free agent is the day you have the press conference, and then you've got to live with that decision forever so you've got to be very prudent about who you want to invest your money to aircraft carrier by the way you brought up that analogy and everybody's stealing your analogy know, yeah. now. brian kenny thinks oh it's my god I'm MLB I, now. Padded, I mean i should have patented it you know. <laughs> he's mentioned that aircraft. is not his idea let me that tell you let's yours. Make that clear yeah. that is yours i watched that episode yeah, that's, that's when clear. you brought that yeah, up exactly right and an aircraft carrier as you said it's a high price guy it's a star player it is. And, you know, we're going to have a draft lottery here. Um, like I say this example, like the Oakland A's last year, that was the one year. <laughs> you know, I texted David and I said, man, you got to stay out from underneath ladders. Um, because for me, there were three aircraft carriers in that draft. I mean, there were other good players in that draft. And I love the player A's got, but he wasn't Langford, Cruz, or Skeens. He's the next level down. And to, and to go through that season and not have a shot at any one of those three guys. Langford yeah. ended up playing all the way up to AAA a year ago. He may be the Rangers starting left fielder this year opening day. I think Cruz is going to be in the big leagues with the Nats and Skeen's the number one starter. Like, that's the kind of – that's the other way to get aircraft carriers, and yet you need some luck in the draft. That was their year. I'm not sure next year there's any player that actually falls into that category yet. I mean, we need destroyers. We need a lot, but some aircraft carriers. Yeah, you got to start. You got to get the fleet built around. So you need the <laughs> aircraft carrier, and then the, the boats come around. It. We got to get the admiral to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, we got to let you go. Yep. I know. I know you got to get, get moving. But before that, I just want to promote with your son the virtual reality. Yeah, with I mean, you guys. it's uh, winreality.com. Uh, we're making a tremendous difference in hitting. I mean, we now are a full-service hitting platform. It's just not about pitch recognition anymore. Uh, you hit in our system. You get immediate feedback in our system. Softball, too. Yeah, baseball, softball, too. We created an app, uh, Live Pitch, where a parent uh, that can't throw BP now can with their child on downloading the app onto their phone. They can sit there and they can sequence pitchers to their son or daughter and compete against them in the confines of their own home, wherever you got Wi-Fi. So we are making such a difference within our game. We've still got a long way to go, but... You know, again, winreality.com would be a great Christmas present for everybody. No doubt about it. Any way we can help you, let us know. I appreciate it. Let let's, me get a plug in. Let's get out and sell. Let's go. Let's As you it. said, it's Christmas time. You want to Absolutely. softball, baseball, it works for everybody. Yeah, and if you want to get better as a hitter in every aspect of hitting, um, you need to have this. It only takes 15, 20 minutes, three, four times a week to become unbelievable at it. Like, 
Uh, there's some big league players in particular. I won't get into their names. Unbelievable when they utilized our system uh, last year in the games that they used it versus the games they didn't. Tr dramatic difference in results. Put it this way. You want to be an aircraft carrier? Get win reality. You got to use the product. That's what we're talking And as you know, I tell you, it's great to have Hall of Famers and great players get up there and tell you about baseball, but the reality is – when you come on MLB Network, now we're getting the real. Yeah, you will get an honest opinion. No offense to all the guys that come on the yeah, show. We love all of them. I can't tell but you. But you want the real. This yeah, is, this you is will, the real. You will get real. I can't tell you, you know, you'll agree with everything I said, but <laughs> it'll be 100% authentic. That's for sure. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, thank we you, guys. Merry Christmas to you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Coming up next, we got more right here from the Winter Meetings on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the A's Road Studio, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, appreciate you stopping by. How are you? It's been a while. I'm doing great. Yeah, it's been uh, nothing's happening, and yet I feel incredibly busy at the winter meetings. Well, uh, Dave Roberts walked by. We got to see him. Yeah. What's he been talking about? You know. Other than Mookie playing second now. I thought that was interesting. Bless Dave Roberts because he dared to go where no man has dared to go at the winter meetings, which is divulge even the most basic information <laughs> about Shohei Otani. He actually acknowledged what would have been obvious, which is, hey, the Dodgers like Shohei Otani. They'd like to sign him. And yet, because they'd like to sign him, they actually met with him. They met with him at Dodger Stadium. That is actually seen as a big deal. It shouldn't be, but I'm glad that he at least said that. Uh, Gave us something to write about, at least. So we have the Dodgers met with him. Yep. We have the GM for the Blue Jays going to their spring training during the winter meetings, going to the spring training facility to meet the agents. Like, there's been nothing on this. No, and that's exactly how – I mean, look, I'm, I'm not trying to disparage. Like, that's how Shohei Otani wants it. That's how Nesbalello – his agent at CAA wants it. That's how it played out, basically, in 2017 when he first came over from Japan. He's a very secretive guy. He doesn't want much out there. Um, and it's weird because it's this combination where there's no baseball player that we're more interested in globally than Shohei Otani. Major League Baseball would want nothing more than for him to sign at these winter meetings. And then you have the pull on the other direction where he doesn't want anything out there. And he just wants to do this in complete secrecy. So that tension is kind of very real this offseason. All right, you're you're are you you're based in LA, right? Correct. All right, so you think about the Dodgers, you think about the Angels. I still think the Angels are in play. Do you? I do to some extent. I think the comfort and familiarity of the Angels is a very real draw for Shohei Otani. I think especially having to rehab another Tommy John-ish surgery, having done it with them before. The comfort of that, I think, is real. I think there's an appreciation that the Angels, I think particularly their general manager, Perry Manazian, helped launch him as a two-way player. Like, they helped set the blueprint for him to be the guy that he always wanted to be in the major leagues. How far is that going to carry them when the price tag is going to exceed $500 million and you have a team like the Dodgers with all their resources, you have a team like Toronto, um, like the Blue Jays in the city in Toronto that he's always been intrigued by, that's a tough thing to overcome, but the national perception that they have no chance because they haven't won around him, that's not true. All right, so if you had to bet Southern California or somewhere else, hmm. forget teams, because yeah. so, we're dealing with two teams in Southern California. I'm not buying the Padres are a part of this. They're not. 
All right, so Southern California or bet outside California? What are you betting? Oh, man, that's a good one. I've never seen it phrased that way. I bet Southern California just because there's two teams, so I'm just playing the probability And I think here. he wants to be there. I think he does, too. I don't think he has to be there. I think when he first came over, regardless of what they might say, like what I've, we've heard a lot is, like, geography mattered. Like, being on the West Coast mattered. Having a shorter flight to Japan mattered. This time, I don't think that's the case. Like, for example, I don't think they're in this now, but the Red Sox were seen as a very real possibility for Shohei Otani. He was always intrigued by Boston, by Fenway Park. Like, that was very real. And I think Toronto is very, very much a threat in this. Yeah. Uh, so it's not geography contingent. I will say, though, Ipe, his interpreter, being from Southern California, matters. Nez Balelo being based in Southern California matters. To what degree? I don't know. I think what Shohei Otani is looking for is, yeah, he wants to win, but he also wants to go to the type of organization that will cultivate him being a two-way player moving forward that has resources to maximize that and to play at a ballpark and in a city that he likes. You know, the one thing, that, the criticism that I always had, because, you know, he made his debut against us. We've watched him so many yeah. times. I, I didn't like the, how they originally used him, where he, he wasn't hitting the day before. He wasn't any day of. Sometimes yep. he didn't hit the day after. It's like... This great talent. He's hardly playing and everything. I love the way he flipped the script. I think he showed you in the WBC how this guy is an ultimate gamer. And why I would bet Southern California is, you know, for a lot of people, be like, oh, the state taxes, because we know living in California, big difference, yeah. 13.9% versus everywhere else. It's a lot of money. I don't think that's something that bothers him. I think that – He makes plenty of money. Yeah, he makes plenty of money. He's about winning and – that's why I believe the, the Southern California teams fit him the best. What about, you know, and then we're waiting on Juan Soto. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because I had heard that Juan Soto might move before the end of last week. And then the thought was that he's going to move at the winter meetings. Uh, and I'm not saying that's not a possibility. It could still happen. Something that you need to understand here, though, there are a couple things here that are important. One is a lot of the teams that are in on Juan Soto, or most of them, are in on one or both of Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. So they kind of got to wait for the clarity. We kind of like not talk. Yamamoto is 25 years old. He deals. Everybody would love to have him. He's getting at least him. $200 million. Yeah, it's like we kind of – we're at, everything's so Otani, we kind of forget yeah. about him. Oh, the Dodgers love him. A lot of teams love him. The Mets, the Yankees. He's going to get over $200 million. But, you know, those teams have to kind of wait to see how those free agencies play out before they get really aggressive. I think the other thing that we need to understand is, although like the perception throughout the industry for a while, and I've written it about this, has been that Juan Soto's got to be moved. The Dodger, the Padres got to trim payroll. They have a lot of holes to fill. They don't have many other pieces to move. It's kind of what they have to do. Um, AJ Preller would very much prefer to just keep Juan Soto. He traded for him to have three postseason chances with him. He would love it if he could rebuild his starting rotation elsewhere. I don't see the pathways for that, but my point in saying that is, He's not going to make a deal for Juan Soto just to make a deal. And it's very clear right now that he's not getting the return for Juan Soto that he wants. And so I still think he's going to get traded eventually, but I think he will let this play out as long as it needs to to get what he needs, particularly starting pitching, but it's got to be a package that's worth giving up their best hitter, one of the best, if not the best hitters of our generation. Would you, as a front office guy, Say, you know what? I know Boris is going to make him a free agent. Yeah. It'll be a bidding war. Do I just wait? It depends on what my needs are. For example, if I'm a team like the Yankees, 
I am being very aggressive on Juan Soto right now because if you have the starting pitching that they want, if you have, if you could put together a package that intrigues them and you're a team that needs to make a splash coming off what happened this past season, the expectations in that market, the short porch in right field, the type of impact Juan Soto can have hitting with Aaron Judge in the lineup, what the Blue Jays are doing, um, the Orioles coming up. Like, you need to make this type of move. And I think he might not sign an extension before free agency, but Juan Soto is definitely the type of guy who would want to play in New York. And he would embrace playing in New York. Spending one season with your team could definitely give you a leg up in free agency to sign this guy. And oh, by the way, he would be a relatively young free agent. He'd be 25, 26 years old. You're buying his prime. You are buying his prime, and that's very rare. Yeah. It's rare for that type of player to go. Now, there's talk about, like, is he going to be a DH eventually? He will. Um, but the the hitting ability is not going anywhere. The strikes on discernment combined with the power, not going anywhere. If I'm the Yankees, I'm doing almost whatever it takes to sign him because it's not just one year. I'm thinking I can convince him to stay in New York if he plays in our environment for a year. Okay, I know you got to go. One last one. What's a storyline that we haven't been talking about that you're super interested in? It's hard to say because I've been so focused on Shohei Otani and Juan Soto. Well, being based, you know, you're ESPN and you're down in L.A., I mean, I mean you have to be, right? I well, mean. I'll get a little granular on this, but it's something that I'm focusing on too. And it's just how the uncertainty with the linear cable model and the RSNs might be impacting off-season spending. Oh, there's no question. And we're seeing that play out with the Rangers, with the Guardians, with the Twins. Mariners. It might be in play with the Mariners. Yeah. Um, and it's a very real thing, the uncertainty there, and I think it's driving a lot of the relative inactivity that we've seen so far. It's probably – I mean, I know the Ot- there's only so many people in on Otani. There's a lot of people – who you're either you've lost your cable deal, you potentially could be losing yep. your cable deal, and you know the future does not look good for your cable deal. And exactly. that's 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 more than half the league. Absolutely, and it could be more than that very soon. So absolutely, it's driving a lot of this. A lot of teams don't feel like they're in a position to spend, and I think there are only right now a handful of teams that can, and that, that's a problem for the league. And they're all in on Otani. They're all in on Otani <laughs> or Yamamoto or Juan Soto, exactly. Mookie Betts playing Second base full-time do anything for you? I think this was heading there for a while. He strongly prefers second base. The Dodgers believe he can be a gold-glove caliber second baseman. I believe that. It's better on his body uh, to not have to play right field all the time. It makes it makes sense. It's what he wants to do, and I think he prefers to just play one position as opposed to yeah. bouncing back and forth. He takes ground balls in the middle infield every single day. He loves it there. So I saw this coming. Hey, great stuff. Let's talk in spring training. Absolutely. Happy holidays. Enjoy them, and uh, hopefully we'll have something before we get out of here. I really do hope so. Thanks for having me. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. The manager of the Oakland Athletics is on his way. We will finally talk to our guy, Mark Katze. Maybe, maybe we can get his thoughts on Jock, uh, Jock Tani, uh, kid from Florida, because, you know, draft lottery tonight. What's he think? Kotze, two-way player in college. Just saying. You think Mark Kotze is going to want to talk draft. about Jock Tani, a guy he may not know anything <laughs> about? Hey, can we talk about a guy you've never heard of? Jack, uh, let's listen, because it starts with a C. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of Florida baseball. 
Not since is the pol- he Florida or Florida State? Florida. Not since the polar bear was at Florida. Since have I watched? You're watching a lot of polar bear. No, I didn't watch any. I wasn't grinding the tape. You weren't grinding. You're not frame by frame. Uh, I've I've only ever watched uh, in person. I've only watched a few Stanford and Cal baseball games. Dude, how about the Dodgers rolling down and just going? Oh yeah, Mookie's gonna play second full time. Well, I mean, it's like the biggest news we've gotten out of the winter meeting so far. Unless you want to talk about Kirby Yates, but yeah, it's been like it's it was like it was said, it was tweeted or posted, whatever we call it now on X, and that was it. <laughs> no one's really talked about it since. Well, I mean, it doesn't it tell you the extraordinary talent of this guy. I mean, it, infield, outfield, we've seen guys go. Like, Robin Yount was a MVP at shortstop, move out to center field, and was an MVP. Yeah. You saw catcher Craig Biggio go from catcher to second base. I mean, you've seen it, but, I mean, it's like to watch a guy be a premier outfielder and go, hey, I'm not going to be a middle. Who has gone from outfielder to premier middle infielder? Ooh. Let me think if I can think of it off the top of my head. There's not many. Actually, I can't think of one. Outfielder to premier middle infielder. It's usually the other way around. Just not, just not you went to the middle in, in the field. You're, you're, a, you're a premier middle infielder. You're, as Alden just said, gold glove caliber. Yeah, let me do a quick Google search to see if we can find anyone. I mean, that's rare air. To be a gold glove outfielder and infielder? Um, yeah, I'm looking. But I don't doubt that this guy, this guy, I mean, is, my God, the most extreme. His his talent is unbelievable, everything he does. Yeah, it's not bringing anything up, but I'm not digging deep into this while we're. Live on the air. Yeah. Our man Rocco Baldelli back in the building. You forget how big the the manager of the Twins, who at one point was known as one of the freakish athletes, and uh, Josh Hamilton, Carl Crawford, and Rocco Baldelli were all Devil Ray prospects. With Johnny Gomes. With the great Johnny <laughs> Gomes. Johnny Gomes was talking about that earlier today. You forget how big Rocco is. He's a big dude. They had another. Flat out run. They did, they did, the Devil Rays back then had a couple. There's a couple other guys they had that were in their um, – Farson, they're pretty highly touted too. They didn't, they didn't pan out, but um, yeah, they had some guys back when they first started. The then, talent that they had in the Rays, and then they finally got good when they changed the name to just Rays. I mean, Mark Kotze's going to be here, but we have this great article because we just had Black Friday after Thanksgiving, Cyber Monday, and it's a great article that I'm probably a lot of you didn't see about the deals, the top ten worst contracts, teams, the Black Friday deals. They would like to take back. Yeah, the current contracts, not of all time, because we can go through that forever. It's the current contracts. Current in contracts, and there's quite a few, uh, and they're big name guys. Yeah. And it and it goes back to, you know, maybe, and, and Alden just said it. I've been saying it. I think a lot has to do with these cable deals. I don't think I, I I'm not buying all this inactivity is just because of Shohei Otani. I think for a couple teams. They're, they're really waiting on Otani to see the kind of money that they can spend. But literally, I could go down all 30 teams and go through. I mean, we can do it right now. 
Houston Astros, were they ever going to be in on Otani? Uh, no. That's no. A's, no. Mariners, we thought. We now thought we know. So. No. no. Rangers, no. So there's only one team in the AL West, and that's the team he plays for. That would be the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. In the Central, AL Central, there's not one team. No. No. Not even close. White Sox, Guardians, Tigers, Royals, Twins. Not one team. East, Orioles, Red Sox, Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays. As of right now, Red Sox are out. Orioles were never in. Yankees really have never been in. Rays obviously not in. And then there's the Jays. So there's two teams in the American League that we can say are in on Shohei Otani. Just two. Let's go to the National League. Nobody in the West except the Dodgers and the Padres. So that's two. In the Central, you got the Cubs. That makes five teams, no one else in the Central. And then as of right now, I'm not buying the Braves. I'm clearly not buying the Mets. I got five out of the 30 teams are really in on Shohei Otani. Five out of 30. So that means there's 25 other teams that could be doing business down here that has nothing to do with Shohei Otani. And we're not getting anything besides a couple small deals that have happened. Do you see what I'm saying? Like the whole Tyler Glass now. There's 25 teams that could be trying to acquire Tyler Glass now. There could be 25 and it would have nothing to do with Shohei Otani. So I'm not I'm not buying that this is all just a holdup of Shohei Otani. I think there is a lot to do with just, just that we don't know what our television RSN contract money is going to be. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. The more that, you know, you've mentioned it and thinking how everything is going down with all the different teams and what we keep hearing from more and more people today. I mean, even, even Duquette was talking about it with us. Um, now, it, Yamamoto may... Yamamoto may be holding up the market as much as anybody. Well, yeah, because I remember I texted you when I heard Buster only say it on his podcast, Baseball Tonight, that he felt that Yamamoto would get more, would get money closer to Garrett Cole, what Garrett Cole got than what three hundred million, than the two hundred million that uh, uh, that uh, the Grom or anyone got three hundred million. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. We ready to rock? We back? You got the Nest Betting sponsorship ready? We don't, we don't have it open for Nest Betting. We don't? That's just Eno hasn't opened. You oh. always manually do Kotz's. Wow. Ring. Link sold. You're Nest Betting. Oh. Are you sure? Yeah. I can I can I can make things happen. I can make whatever you want happen. You're Mark Kotze, for God's sakes. You're the manager of the Oakland Athletics. Brought to you by Nest Betting. Love where you sleep. Check out their location in the Bay Area or you go to nestbedding.com. And whether it's your bed, your mattress, your pillows, you sleep on a Nest Bed from Nest Bedding. I do. Check out nestbedding.com. Well, how are you? It's been a while. It has been a little time. Um, We've been calling you every week, but you don't call back. You know, that's not my fault that I don't call back. Because you actually really never call. That's true. You know, I give you I give you the off season. Rocco Baldelli, who's sitting right over there, called me more than Chris Townsend. We had Rocco yesterday for like two minutes. Stud, we could be brothers, huh? 
You're better looking than I am. Oh, I don't know. He's probably he's taller. Manager list. He's probably higher than I am. The, the white beard really throws everybody. Yeah, you you're not an old guy. No, I just turned forty eight. Had a birthday. You went white Saturday. pretty early, didn't you? <laughs> you were blonde back in the day. I was blonde. <laughs> and I had hair. <laughs> really good hair when I was here in 04, 05, 06. I, I remember you in college, for God's sakes. Um, I'm excited, and I know A's fans, I, you know, everybody's pissed off right now. We all get it. But we're still going to talk baseball and talk about the team. And I, I just think about going into this spring training. There's a, there is talent. There is legit talent that compete. And I think spring training, we're going to have battles on the mound. I think we're going to have battles, whether we're talking infield, we're talking outfield, like legit battles for playing time. I don't know what it's going to mean wins-wise, but I, I, th- I think there's something here. I, I, it's, it's going in the right direction. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously David and Billy in the, in the front office of Baseball Ops group, uh, you know, they've tried to do their best to, to assemble and get, you know, the most amount of talent to the big leagues as, as fast as possible, which we saw last year. And, and those A's fans, you know, obviously um, a challenging year in, in all facets. Um, and it continues to be challenging. It's going to continue to be challenging going forward. The reality is, though, that, uh, you know, we understand the situation we're in and we want to accelerate that progress and we want to accelerate – you know, getting back on the map and in, in this division, um, you know, competing to win this division, and uh, and I like you said, I think we do have a collection of talent um, that they that the A's fans saw uh, come together really in August and September. Um, you know, if you look at the first half of the year, um, you know, we were staring at history, and uh, Zach Geloff showed up, and a couple others, and uh, kind of changed the culture. Um, the the next group that came, the, the Soderstrom Butler group, kind of recognized how difficult the big leagues really are, and uh, I think the culture that was built in September amongst this young group is going to continue forward in spring training. They're going to continue to challenge each other. They're going to continue to hold each other accountable, which is uh, is all the right things um, to build going forward for you know winning ball club. Dave Stewart just walked by. Dave Stewart is going to get you the number one pick. Yeah, Dave Stewart. It's his response. We told we had him on earlier today. Dave just went. They're going to have the draft lottery. Dave just walked by. It is Dave's responsibility to bring <laughs> home the number one pick. If anybody can get it done with that mean mug look when he was on the mound in that room, Dave Stewart can get it done. He still at like 67 could take anybody in that room. I wouldn't mess with Dave Stewart. A black belt still to this day? Yeah, I, I, would, not, I would not mess with Dave Stewart. Um, how important is it for you – to make sure that all the noise is blocked out because there's going to be a lot of noise. Well, I, I think the challenging thing, T- Townie, is, is really our players have gone through the noise. This group that's coming back next year, the vast majority of them have played in front of the noise. And so they understand that the noise isn't directed at them as individuals, as players. It's directed at, um, you know, obviously ownership to, to say the truth. And uh, so – we utilized the noise in a positive, I think. And you could feel the emotion and passion um, behind, obviously, the the anger that the fans have, but also utilizing it in a positive. And I think we showed when when we had good crowds, we, we actually played our best baseball. Um, and that that's not to say that we can't play our best baseball when there aren't good crowds. 
Um, but I think our guys really rose to, uh, to the occasion. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there were times where the house was rocking and there were some well-played games. Yeah, and then it went silent in the fifth and we gave up two runs. <laughs> Do you remember that game? That was the reverse boycott game, you know, when they showed up full force. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and it, was, it was great. The environment was amazing, you know. Um, you know, yesterday I was asked, you know, what the, what the emotion was when, you know, I heard that the relocation was voted yes and the owners approved it. And, you know, obviously you understand um, the passion and anger and, and, you know, you feel that. Um, and, and they're, you know, they're hurt and they have a right to be. Um, but for me, I know, you know, as an Oakland athletic and one that played here and in, in front of the group and, um, none of those fans are going to walk away, um, without the fight that they've shown. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes forward that, that my goal, I said yesterday as well is you know, to continue to play in the Coliseum uh, until that day happens, really. Control what you can control. Absolutely. I mean, that's all you can do. Like, yeah. people want answers. People want answers from whether it's someone like yourself, someone like myself, and it's like we that, that, that everything is so far above our head. We 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 we're not even in the discussions. We're not, and I know that. They just want to be able to talk to somebody and get answers, and we're not the people. We can only focus on what we can control, and that's the baseball part of it. It really is, and it's, it's you know, getting this club back <clears throat> on a winning track and as fast as possible and, you know, instilling the, the fundamentals and the disciplines that it takes to win baseball games, um, which we're going to start out in spring training with, with this group and, and, and really drill that home. You know, I think the biggest thing for us <clears throat> is understanding – that we're going to make mistakes, but cleaning those mistakes up and, and playing a clean game. Uh, it starts on the mound, and we can talk about the mound. You know, it, it, you, you look at the year last year and the, the first two months on the mound, we were, we were really, really bad. Um, and we made adjustments. Scott Emerson and uh, Mike McCarthy at the time really dug in, and, and the focus was just throw strikes and, you know, don't give up free bases. And uh, I think they learned a lot, J.P. Sears. Um, was had a tremendous year for yes. for you know th making 32 starts and posting every every fifth day taking the ball. Um, you know then we got to see a little bit of excitement and 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 a, and a kid that we watched for three starts in, in Boyle, right? Very excited about the big young man from Notre Dame. Yep, and yep. then you saw the you know you saw Estes as well, who's 21 years old, come in very poised and and have some pretty decent outings. So. Uh, it's there, um, you know. We're gonna. We got hurt a little bit with the Ken Waldachuk um, injury. That that's probably gonna linger a little bit and, and set him back. But um, you know, like you said, there, there's enough talent and and what we know we need to address and what we're gonna try to address and do our best with is, is bring some pitching in, um, you know, to help these guys. When I look at Geloff, I look at Noda. You know, th there's some there's some guys that I see that you know. You could say, okay, this is the position that they are going to play, and that's the way it's going to start the season. Um, then I think there's a lot of battles out there, but they're good battles. Like, talk about when you're heading to spring training in your mind, how you see some of these battles. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously the outfield is, is crowded with talent. You know, you look at a guy like J.J. Bilodeau that came back for that last series against Anaheim uh, through the injury. 
um, that we were without for six weeks or more. You look at SD, you know, Esther Ruiz, um, Lawrence Butler. So those three guys that can complement center field that are going to go compete. Um, Seth Brown coming back, Brett Rooker coming back. Um, we added a young young bat out of the Pirates organization, uh, named, a kid named Andujar, that uh, they can hit a little bit. And uh, so there's going to be some competition as you talk about, you know, the middle of the infield. You know, Nick Allen, you know, we know what he can do defensively, and I thought he, he played an above-average defense defensive uh, shortstop this year, and, and, and he knows what he needs to do offensively. Um, we saw it get better. Uh, we saw his on-base go up. We saw his approach get better, um, doing the fundamental things that he needs to do offensively down in the bottom of the order to help us generate runs. And, um, you know, so then you've got, Z- you know, you got Zach and you've got Jordan Diaz. Um, you got a lead miss coming back. So, you know, there, there's, like you said, there's, there's Ternais some competition. is there for you. You brought in Toro. I mean, there's, there, there's all kinds of guys. Yeah, there are. There are. And Brett Tor- Harris. Toro, Brett Harris is down there. Um, you know, you even look at Jacob Wilson as a kid that could accelerate himself Ooh. through the, through the, through the uh, like system. That. So yeah. the young kid, Max Muncy, who's a shortstop that was, you know, played in the fall league. So, you know, and then, and then you've got the, you know, the catching situation with Lang. And I talked a lot about Lang. I, I compared him a lot to Murphy's first year. I, I continued to talk about it all season. The kid ended up hitting over 20 homers. You know, he ended up, um, you know, catching 150-plus games. Threw a lot of guys so, out. Threw a lot of guys out, and he's going to get better. It's it's just you've got to be patient, and I use that word as well this, this last season. And, um, you know, going forward, it, it's not like we're going to have a roster of, of a bunch of guys going to arbitration. I think Seth Brown is – and Paul Blackburn are the only two going to arbitration, which means they're the only two with three-plus years in the big leagues on a roster outside of a Ledmus who's got a guaranteed deal. But um, it, there's just a lot of youth, but yet a lot of excitement about that youth. Last year, I remember we were talking to spring training. I was kind of like, well, you know, you're kind of, you know, we'll see. This year it's like, let's go. Yeah, there's, there, a, there's a little bit more of an expectation level to come out of the gate and to play better. Um, you know, and, and if we can get – you know, years like we talk about, you know, you put a team together and and you're basically trying to assess, a, you know, an average year for each guy and you want to get an above average year for from different guys. But we're basing that on not a lot of data and not a lot of, you know, big league experience. So um, there's a big variable curve there. And as we saw the Diamondbacks, I mean, their process took, you know, a couple of years. Um, they accelerated it. And uh, and there's nothing that says that can't happen here. Well, a lot to be said. I know you got to go. You're going to be on MLB Network. You got to get out of here. But a, a lot needs to be said about the job that you did, just not as a field manager. Uh, everything that you had to do with a lot of different things that went your way, because it was not easy whatsoever. And there was a lot of questions that were thrown at you that shouldn't have been thrown at you. You shouldn't have to answer that kind of stuff. But uh, – you did, a, you did a phenomenal job in a really, really tough situation that most managers in the history of the game haven't had to go through, which you went through this past year, and you nailed it. And it showed your leadership. You're a leader of men. I think you proved a lot to yourself, and uh, I think you grew a lot this past season. Yeah, and there's no doubt. And we're, we all have to learn from our past and, and, and our mistakes. And, you know, going forward, um, just try to be better. Just try to be better every day. And that's the goal for me and, um, and, and for this group. Uh, going into uh, the 24 season. Have a great Christmas. Happy holidays with the family. And uh, next time we talk, we'll probably be spring training. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on, Tanner. Great, Mark Kotze. Go enjoy uh, MLB Network. TV star. Put a little makeup on, a little lipstick. Get ready for the show. Love it. But 
Your manager right there, Mark Kotze, always appreciate it. Brought to you by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. For all your mattress needs, for your sheets, your bedding, you go to nestbedding.com. Would you like me to move over? Oh, we can just, we're almost done anyway. Make it easier. Switch cameras, move over. And I'm not, you know, I'm glad we did that when we did it. You know, normally you do it, you know, at the first part of the meetings. But there's a reality what I just said. Mark Kotze had to go through far more than most managers. I mean, so many things were asked to him. By by certain media members, where they're asking, you know, it's it, it's it's a lot. It's very similar to, but even more. But it's similar to what Billy Bean had to deal with years ago. If you remember, Billy Bean was the guy that was the only one that talked. So everybody would ask Billy Bean about stadium stuff. Right, they asked him about Fremont. They asked him about San Jose, and Billy Bean kept going. I have not like. What do you want me to say? I'm in charge of baseball. I mean, that was the best thing that could happen to to Billy Bean was to have somebody else show up like Dave Cavill, so Billy Bean didn't have to answer questions about things that that you know they'd say. But you now have. He, he got asked those questions before he got ownership. Then he got a little bit of ownership, but it was like he doesn't have vast, huge part ownership of this ball club. Billy Bean was a head of baseball operations. He was the general manager, but there was no one to ask questions to. Well, now we've kind of thrown that with Mark Kotze. Mark Kotze has has to answer questions that are like, that's not, he's the manager of the team. He's not in charge of business operations for the, for, for the A's. So Mark Kotze went through a lot this year, went through a bad team, he went through a ton of players. He has all the all the noise and all the stuff going on away from away from just the baseball team and the stuff and the move and all that. So it, what he went through, I think there's no question. Just getting through that season, how could you not grow as an individual? How could you not grow as a professional? Yeah, it's very well said. And so some people might say, oh, you're just being a homer. Like, if you don't get what I just said, because that would apply to anybody who's in management. Anybody in management who is is managing is a part of management for a business that goes through a tough time and, and you continue to be a good manager, you're a good manager of people and all that kind of stuff. That's what that this isn't about being a homer for the A's. This is talking about reality. It's about managing people, doing your job, being a professional. Mark Kotze had a phenomenal year when you look at how he handled how he handled himself as the manager of the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, I think what you said is very well said. I don't know if there's anything I can really add to that, but yeah, it's just everything he went through this year and still going to go through with the next year and the years, you know, he has a, he did the contract extension through 25, so he has to deal with all that. And he's going to have to handle the question. He's going to ask the questions too. Thank you. The boss the, man. The boss. The big boss man is out. He's going to own his Learjet back to the uh, Bay Area. Tighten up, baby. <laughs> Hey, do you want some po- even do you want some more positive news? On this date in 2008, Dan Plesak joined MLB Network. 2008. Yeah. What you what was the I think it's when the network started? Cuz they just had like they had an anniversary. He's yeah. been on there I thought almost since like day 1. Yeah, I th- I want to say it was 2000. And Dan, DJ Dan, Disco Dan. 
DJ yeah. Dan. Friend of the program, Disco Dan. Dan, 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 Dan Plesak is a great personality. And if you remember back, he was a terrific, big, hard-throwing left-handed reliever. He was a legit all-star closer. But he's funnier than hell on MLB Network. Yeah, I enjoy watching him when he's on there. Well, I, I just, well when I was able to watch it. Watch it. I still watch it every day. Well, I, We've I, had an unbelievable guest list today. I just, just, this is the second, we're, we're doing two shows a day. So this is Rajay Davis, Jim Duquette, Dan O'Dowd, Alden Gonzalez, and Mark Kotze. That's just the afternoon. What we have earlier? Dave Stewart, Johnny Gomes, Katie Wu, Stephen Vogt, Bob Melvin. I mean, seriously. It's been a long day. It's been a long day? I mean, you've been talking the majority of it, but. I've only been talking for like six. I, I've, I've been talking for about almost 12 hours the past two days. Yeah, that's why we're only going to do about three tomorrow. We're going to have Sam Fultz. Oh, you tomorrow. don't think I can go into the six tomorrow? Give yourself a break. <clears throat> uh, David Force tomorrow. The GM. S- Sam Fold, the GM of the Phillies tomorrow. Um, Lou, our good friend from MLB Network, did tell me that they're going to try to get BK for us, too. So The great Brian Kenny. We'll also have, we'll have Bob Nightingale to start the show. We're probably going to have Julian McWilliams from the Boston Globe because, you know, the Red Sox are making a lot of moves. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Castro Vince was very nice about rescheduling because we had Bob Melvin. He understood, so he's coming on with us live tomorrow at 10 a.m. And we're gonna have oh, there's Lou, and we're gonna have uh, you know. I mean, Lou, Lou, Lou is the star of the meeting. He is MLB Network. What is MLB Network without you, Lou? Lifetime contract. <laughs> so a good show guest list tomorrow as well. So looking forward to one last day. Maybe we'll see something tonight. Maybe we'll be leading the show tomorrow with how we're gonna have the chance to take the second time ever. Franchise history, the uh, number one overall pick in the draft. Do you say it was 66 or 65? 65. 66, Reggie went number two. Six, 19, so where were you in 1965 when Rick Monday, <laughs> was it on this show? Rick Monday, I had I had tell the story. I don't think it was here. I, I might have had Rick Monday just on the pregame show. Rick Monday told the story. He was in Omaha, Nebraska for the College World Series. He was stretching down the right field line, and a reporter came running down the line as the Sun Devils were stretching, getting ready for their game, and it was a reporter that told him he had been drafted number one by the Kansas City Athletics. Yeah. How far have we come since 1965, the draft? I'd say pretty long way from rick monday getting notified down the right field line stretching being the number one picked uh being guaranteed millions of dollars having an agent having all these deals having everything set up being on national television boy the world has changed uh, i'm like we'll go over it tomorrow but all of our like the i think we've had the number two pick multiple times like reggie ben grieve molder uh molder like, we've had number two a lot one time ever Number one, uh, going 1-1 one, one to Stu and I were talking about it earlier. So, Stu has a chance to deliver us a second ever 1-1. One, one. All right, here's a question. Are you getting Griffey or are you getting Brian Taylor? Oh, wow. Throwing a Yankee grade under the, t- <laughs> under the bus. Yeah, it was you, Brian Taylor, I don't, right? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't see you saying that when uh, Aaron Boone was walking around uh, or Cashman. We need to, oh, my God. This is – we need to do this tomorrow. I took pictures. Aaron Boone. Yeah. You just just to just to give you an idea of of how awful the Yankees job is. Aaron Boone 
massive, the biggest crowd, obviously, around his press conference today. So they're all doing the press conference right over here to our left. Massive group, massive, standing room, right? Layers of people deep. He gets done with answering questions for a half hour. He then stands up, walks away from the podium, starts walking. Next thing you know, wham, they're all around him again. He so he not only does a he not only he does the press conference he's got to do a post press conference because now everybody wants to do one on one questions with him. <laughs> so I have pictures of his post press conference. The next guy up is Bruce Bochy, manager who just won his fourth World Series title, and there's empty seats available. Yeah, empty seats. He's the Rangers manager. Just won the World Series. Bruce Bochy, four-time World Series. There's three rows of seats, and there were empty rows. But for and, – and he just walked by. Yeah. We should ask him the question. Oh, uh, he's going – is he going into the draft? Is that I, where I, he's I going? I saw a lot of them going back. A lot of managers are going back there. You know one thing we forgot to ask Cots? forgot to ask Cots about Jim Leland. Yes. Damn it. He'll be walking by again for the. Will we still be tearing down when he's on that movie network? Because we'll ask him off the air. Well, Jim Leland got uh, Mark Kotze into betting the ponies. <laughs> so, Mark Kotze being the number one pick from the Marlins, we got brought up. He used to uh, bet the ponies and go to the track with Jim Leland. <laughs> smoking, smoking cigarettes, betting horses down there at the. Uh, I can't, he's got the name of the track. Uh, I, I couldn't tell. And you. actually, Mark Kotze lived near the track down in Miami. Okay, so what am I going to say? Because I don't know where the spring training is. I'm saying, are you saying Kotze was a Sarasota bro, too? Or No, it was in Miami. He was I, betting I know, horses I, I know, in I just, Miami. I just don't remember where their spring training complex is. No, no, no. This was during the season. Kotze lived there, and then him and Jim, Jim Leland, his manager. So you're the rookie hotshot, and you're betting the ponies with your manager. <laughs> Full circle. Oh, baseball has changed so much. All righty. Uh, what a great day today. Unbelievable day. I mean, not a whole lot of news down here, but we gave you big names all day long. We're doing our part. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. West Coast time. Day two in the books, winter meetings in Nashville, Tennessee. We'll see everybody tomorrow. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.